We've got a code. Use code VOLLEYPOD for 20% off almost anything on the Art of Coaching Volleyball website, including premium memberships, coaching resources, and nearly all books. That's VOLLEYPOD, V-O-L-L-E-Y-P-O-D. Use it to save anytime you're on the site. Are you ready to take your volleyball game to the next level? Every week on the VolleyPod, we talk to two top coaches who share their secrets for success on the court. From drills to build skills to strategies for boosting confidence, you won't want to miss this valuable advice. Tune in now and elevate your game today. Good morning and welcome to the VolleyPod. How are you today, Todd? Davis, it's all good here. I hear it's good for your team as well. You guys uh, had a nice tourney. Yes, we had a good tournament. We're getting more consistent and starting to get a little tougher. It's good. All right. Uh, it's all coaching. It's all coaching, Davis. <laughs> I don't all know coaching. about that. It's been, it's been a, you know, difficult to get them where they are, that's for sure, because we're the type of team that we could score a lot of points, but we gave away a lot of points. And now we're starting to not give away as many, especially from the service line and fewer zeros in serve-receive. So when you're talking about consistency, you're really looking at that first contact you're serving and then serve receive. So you're Absolutely. getting aced a uh, fewer times. Exactly. And you're putting the ball in play from the service line at a higher percentage. Exactly. And the difficult part on that, well, there's two difficult parts on that is one, we're trying to serve just as tough. And two, uh, on the serve receive side of things, we're trying to not pull passers out of the serve receive formation. So to their credit, they've just worked harder to become more skilled. I'm not made any like sort of system adjustments when okay. I'm serving easier. They've just kind of gotten better. That's why it was hard. You know, getting better when you're already good is difficult. You know, yep. get that margin of yep. of improvement. Margins it's, are a little thinner. Absolutely. So Boy, I like coaching those thirteens. They get a lot better no matter what I do. <laughs> <laughs> just because they play. Yeah, that's super fun, right? Uh, super fun. By the time they get to be good sixteens, you better be doing something yeah, because it's, it's, uh, it's a little tougher to get those big uh, uh, see that improvement yes. and really see that. Absolutely. So that's good. That's yeah, exciting. Absolutely. Exciting stuff. And you guys are getting ready to head to Florida? Headed out to Orlando for AAUs. I've never been before, so I'm looking forward to it. Good stuff. Have All you ever right. been out there? Exciting. You know, I haven't been to AAUs. Okay. I have not. Nice. I've been so. to Florida. I've never been yep. to AAUs either. So everyone says it's great. It's a well-run tournament. We're going in the premier division out there, and uh, we expect to see some really good competition. Um, but I'm looking forward to the Lazy River. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I heard there's a Lazy River out lazy there. Lazy River. Simple so, pleasure. Simple pleasures simple, in life. So, anyways, pleasure. volleyball, it's all good. So, anyway, so I heard you're on the skill of the day. Yeah, and this is, I think we're at number 60. Number Six, 60. Oh. I know. Can you believe that? We've got almost 100,000 listens at this point, Todd. It's incredible. Well, it's cool, Davis. It's been fun. I've it's really enjoyed it. Fun. And uh, we should probably get to it. So yeah, uh, we it. have a new little segment what do we got? Uh, in our teaching section. This one is titled Deserted Island Drills. Meaning, <laughs> I like if it. you're on a deserted island, Think about that one book or one movie you're going to have. For us, you only get one drill. Mm, and okay. you want to desert on, you got your team there. You got one drill to one run. What are you going to do? For me, it's we're going to play kamikaze. It's a four-on-four oh, game. I like this. And we'll start with just a quick description. 4v4, okay? Two people up, two people back. So two people on the net, 
two people in the back row. Uh, we can run it in a bunch of different variations. Usually, let's say we have 12 players, we'll have three teams of four, and we'll do maybe a three. I mean, you can do a, like a, you know, just king of the beach or queen of the beach where, you know, you win, you stay, you, you know, you lose, you go out. But we usually like to do if that uh, best out of three balls. Okay. So we'll do a, let's say down ball that they hit. So we don't hit as a down ball. We'll, you know, we'll throw a ball up or the team is out. will throw a ball up. Somebody will hit a down ball on one side, down ball on the other side. And the last one, maybe the coach puts in as a scramble ball. Okay. So they have to that. kind of stretch it out. So it doesn't give a team the advantage necessarily because they're, they're in scramble. mode. Okay. Very cool. Uh, we can also run it with a smaller group of players. We run it doghouse. Okay. So it's yep. four on four. We'll have two people out. Whoever makes a mistake goes out. And those people that are in the doghouse go in and they bring a ball in and they just initiate when they come in by throwing a ball up to a front row person to hit a down ball and we play. Uh, the one thing I don't do really, I used to do a lot is that uh, rotate positions in rallies. Yeah. So it's like hit the ball over and rotate, hit the ball over and rotate positions. Uh, that used to be a staple, yeah. but no longer. Yeah, and you have a really cool take on this, and I, I think it's awesome. What, why not, basically? Well, it really, even though there's this movement, and when you're visiting courts or walking, I go, oh, look at that team. They're moving. All the kids are playing different positions. That's really cool. True, but it's not Q-specific. Right. So we don't want them really moving from – let's say a blocker position to run back to a back row position, because that's not what they're going to do in the game. They're, they're just doing that mindlessly. They're not picking up cues from the opponent or from what the ball is doing. So if we're going to rotate that, we would like to do it after a play. Yeah. Okay. So after the ball's dead, then you can rotate a position and that's fine. If you have seven people on a side and you're playing kamikaze, three are out after Ball goes out of play. You rotate one position. Every one person rotates in. One person rotates out. Everybody else changes positions. And you, you go forth there. So, a uh, little more of a description. Once again, we said there's two up and two back, and this is a back row setter game. So, uh, setters coming out of the back row, and we try to initiate, like I said, with a with a player doing it rather than coaches doing it. Second. Number two, why is it so great? Why do I love this drill? And why is it the drill that I choose to have on this deserted island? Number one is everybody has to play. So if you think about this and the ball's hit to the back row, you have one person digging. The other back row person is coming into set. The two attackers are transitioning and preparing to hit. Yes. And now you have all four players have something to do. Ball is set. And now you have three people covering. I love it. So, point. so nobody's ever resting if they're doing it right. Right. Okay. I love uh, it simulates out of system play, and we know how low, how much teams are out of system from beginning teams are out of system almost all the time. Routine, a lot of talent team like you guys are probably out of system. What 40, 50 percent yeah, of the time? About forty, fifty. Yeah, yep, right around like there. that. Exactly. Uh, I like it better than deep court. In the old days, we used to play a lot of deep court, uh, but similar it, reason to the the rotating in a way. Well. The, it's not game like it is well we just don't attack that much from the deep court and we don't defend that much out of the right. deep court so why should we be playing all this deep court then when we go into play six on six people are hitting on the pins they're not right. hitting deep they're not hitting i mean that many balls from from the back court so i like it better than that uh i also like it because the team has to figure out how to defend the middle of the court 
because the middle is open in this. And so players have to read and have to run through. Uh, so I like it. As far as what we can emphasize, and we always talk about having drills where having games where we can play a game but have a single item focus. So there's a bunch of things that we can pull out. Maybe we want to self-score. We don't want to score these separately. Okay. And we want to give bonus point, let's say, for setting an out-of-system ball within three feet of the net. I like that. Because I think a lot of our out-of-system sets we see, and they, they go to 11 or 12 feet. Can't we score. can't terminate. Yes. We can't score. And if you have a good hitter, maybe that hitter is pretty good at waiting and can still get a decent swing. And But if we give a point for every good set, then those, those setters really get to focus. And, oh, that's a good set. Oh, that's yes. not a good set. Right. And so however we define that. So out of system setting, whether we or bump setting the tabletop setting or we can play the game where, hey, you can only use your hands for a kill. Uh, so if you get a kill, it's not a handset doesn't count. Yes. That's the one we've been doing a lot. lately. All right. Yeah. And get those paws out. Exactly. Yeah, I love yes. it. Uh, and then, of course, we have uh, besides setting, we have attacking out of system. Oh, yes. And how can we have our hitters wait when the ball is high? and not run under the ball early? Uh, can we have them swing hard? Can we have them jump hard with a great double arm lift? Uh, can we, we can score that too. And then can we make sure that they don't uh, make errors on bad sets? And we can use a plus or minus scoring. So we can say, hey, error on a bad set is not just a point for their team, it's minus one for your team. Oh, so we can plus minus that. I like so okay. uh, if we wanna emphasize that out of system hitting. And then as far as transition goes, uh, we have set a release. And okay. that is something I just ran this. Uh, we did this. I was doing a, a middle school clinic in Texas with my son, Tobias. Nice. And we had some middle school kids learning how to play. And the, the back row setter always forgets to run in the beginning because <laughs> yeah. they're ball watching. Yeah, absolutely. And so learning how to release to set is part of that transition for that back row setter. Of course, the in transition, the hitters have to to attack yes and can they be consistently and for our young players when i had this you know i'm always talking about getting out of the box they love hanging out about eight feet off the net yes right in that spot where they don't get a strong approach if i could just add to that one of the things that i like about this game is because the back row is the they're only the ones that are allowed to be the setters it frees up the hitters to not make that pause that they always do right there and stay in the box they know they're not going to set. So they just jam out of there and they start getting the habit of doing that. So I like that a lot. Well, that's a good point you make. Should you penalize teams if the front row sets? And I, I usually say, hey, sometimes that ball is dug low and the front row has to step in and set. But we really want that back row to be aggressive. Uh, and, you know, getting as far as moving from uh, offense to defense we want to dig high. This is a dig high and off the net emphasis that we can, so we can give bonus points for, for good digs, right? Right. right. Or high digs off the net that are easy for us to uh, make a great out of system set. Uh, we talked about defending the middle of the court. Uh, off blocker defense is big in this oh, game huge. because yeah. there are only two back row players. That mm -hmm. off blocker defense has to become the third. Yes. And so uh, if that person is cruising, uh, the ball will find them. So there's a focus on that off blocker defense. And then of course, reading because we have three people really covering the whole, the whole court back there. Yes. Um, so the, uh, a couple things about beginners with beginners, we'll start with front row players, not at the net. So we'll start them at the 10 foot line. Okay. 
And so then now we're looking at this idea of opening up. Okay, and when the gotcha. ball goes over their head of a front row player, can they open up and call deep? Because oh, okay. that's a skill that beginning players, because they like to stand and turn their neck and watch balls that are right behind them. Right. We want them to open up, call deep, and then prepare to attack. So that becomes a skill we can uh, focus on with those beginners. Uh, we'll play in the beginning. We'll let them set over or hit a down ball over just to learn the rhythm of the game. Cool. and get the ball in play. So they learn the basic movements. That's cool. And then I think thirdly for this beginner's version, once we allow them to hit, it really puts a focus on decision-making. Great point. Do I hit this ball or do I bump it over? And if I bump it over, where am I going to bump it over? And so right. we, we can put uh, emphasis on that. We can give them bonus points for, hey, can you make that front row, that right front, make the, the three ball pass. Yeah. We'll okay. give you a bonus point for nice. that. Okay. Because when it goes six on six, we know there's even more confusion in there. Right. Okay. That's a good one. Uh, for the advanced version, uh, we're doing a bunch of fun stuff. This is kind of where I kind of love, love to it. go crazy. Okay. So we'll do a warm up. We'll come in first thing we do when we come to the gym, we'll play a down ball game. Okay. Uh, but I really like to focus on communication when kids come in the gym. So we immediately have them calling this. So we'll have our hitters at the apex of the set on the down ball calling line or angle where they're going to hit. The hitter, okay. So it puts pressure on the hitter to control the ball where they say they're uh, going to hit. Okay. And then the defense <laughs> like then will make their move. They'll make a little adjustment okay. and Whatever they'll echo. Uh, okay. So the hitter will say line and then all the defenders will line, line. They'll move, be stopped, and then they'll play and then we'll set the other hitter and just down ball. So nice. we get this line angle. Uh, so we get this communication in the beginning of practice. Oh, that's for a, a cool one. Up. I like that one a lot. Uh, the one that you mentioned before, I think, as far as uh, you know, do we let hitters hit everywhere? And we can always focus on what we want to do. So we might say, hey, the only place you can score is down the line. Or right. the only place you can score, we got to practice hitting sharp. And so uh, the Ojan version he loves just taking middle back out of the equation. So right. saying, hey, middle back's out of bounds. We don't want to hit that ball right down the middle of the court. So hit either line or angle. I will tell you my new rule with that is, because uh, players used to let balls land in the middle of the court. Yes. And they go, oh, that ball was out. And now I say, hey, if you dig that, it's an automatic point. Oh, okay. So now nice. I give them a point. So it penalizes that offensive team, but the rallies keep going. Uh, I don't want the cool. rallies to end. You right. Know me, I love right. rallies. That's a cool one. I like that too. Okay. So uh, we have a serving version and we'll start in row one with that setter and kind of right back. Okay. And then they'll have two hitters and then the whoever's middle back and serve receive will play left back. Okay. Uh, the right back setter plays right back. Nice. And then okay. we just go right back in after, after the serve, we go right back into that kamikaze format. Even okay. though in serve receive, they got three across with the back row setter. That's cool. I like that too. Uh, and then lastly, we have our, you'll love this one. This is our big block version. Okay. So we'll play four on six and we'll put a big coach on each pin. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> so now our out of system hitters, usually we'll put our starting, let's say our starting right side, our starting left side with our setter and our libero in that kamikaze. Oh. And they're playing against the big block. 
a, our, our big block kamikaze. Right. So we'll put two guys out on the pins, <laughs> and then That's they'll awesome. play. They'll just come in and block when the ball's in front of them. Right. So okay. uh, now they're they're getting a tool against a big block because we know an out of system that other team's going to be there. So. That's my deal. Kamikaze. I like I, can I add just one little one? Too? Oh, no. I mean, there's so, there's oh, so, so many wrinkles. Oh. The, the way I've been using this is to uh, work on our seam block and our line defense. Okay. And so I've been having our pins. If the attacker shows angle, I'll have them jump into the angle. And what should happen is the attacker sees the blocker jump into the angle and hits line. Right. right. And then we can dig the line. Now, I say what should happen because, you know, there's a bunch of different variations there, but that's the way we've been using it. It's been pretty successful because you leave the, you have to leave the middle of the court open and then you tell the blockers you're supposed to take away the middle of the court. If the ball goes middle of the court, it's got to be over the top of the block. Got so, it. So, I don't know. Super fun drill. We will leave the link in the show notes, right? Yep. And, uh, man, fantastic drill. Awesome. New segment. New, I'm new looking segment. for your. Now you have to come up with one. It's I, I can't the notebook. It's the notebook. Oh, we're not talking movies. No, I'm just kidding. No, I will do one. I love that segment. That's awesome, Todd. So, cool. All right. Well, we're that takes us to the scenario. The scenario. So what do we have? The scenario today is uh, what you will bring with you or what you could bring with you to the end of the season tournament. Now, a lot of our coaches here are experienced, but a lot of them are newer. And I wanted to kind of isolate and focus on some of the things that you might need for an out of the uh, end of the season tournament and um, some of my favorite things for the end of the season tournament. Well, you're getting ready for that lazy river. I'm getting <laughs> swim trunks, <laughs> sunscreen. No, <laughs> no, this is more um, actual tournament oh, stuff. Oh, the volleyball so, yeah. Oh, okay, I got it. So, but it still yeah. is kind of like gear focused. Gear. So, okay. Um, Look, you're going to need, and I'm going to start with the basics, but you're going to need pens. I really like to keep it super simple. Um, I like pens. I like the Pilot Blue, and I'm going to have links to all these things in the show notes. Granted, you don't have to use these things, but these are my favorites. The Pilot Blue, really reliable, writes on everything. It's great. And it's blue, so it's not the same as everyone. So when they say, that my pen, you say, that's my pen. Uh, Your roster. The tournaments have been getting increasingly tough on having your rosters. Make sure you have your roster. But I like to have my roster by me, too, because I never know my kids' numbers. Seems like in high school I do, but in club I never know my my kids' numbers, so I like to refer to that. Um, and the other thing I like about having my roster is I can look up and see who started, right? And uh, some coaches record that elsewhere, but I mean you have you've already written it there, so why not um, have your roster? Um, I write down the lineup on there every time before I turn in the lineup on the you know, score sheet. Um, so that's that I think is a wise wise move. So you have a record. Exactly. So that's always when you say, oh, my kid never plays. Right. Wait a minute. Right. Look right, right here. here. Yeah. What we have, it's not that, oh, I got to go get it from the right. 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 <laughs> yeah. You have it on you. Exactly. Right. Um, whistle. You know, I'm old school. You know, I was pre-COVID. So I have the, you know, the blow whistle, the air whistle. Um, but the, I also have one of those Fox electric whistles. Those are really cool. And I've even seen ones that are even louder. Like this guy had a crazy loud one in the gym the other day. Um, and especially when you have like, you know, 50 quarts or whatever, it sometimes is good to have a, a great whistle, um, backpack, right? I have a Carhartt backpack. I love it. I've used it all the time. And, um, I go everywhere with my backpack cause it just seems like you're constantly picking up stuff as a coach. Yep. Right. And so just having some place to put it is awesome. Um, sweatshirt, you know, your club gear, but I will say a lot of times the club gear is, um, you know, it's a little, it's comfortable, but it's not necessarily the best fitting, right. Cause they buy, they outfit so many people. Right. So if you can find a way to make it look sharp, 
you know, I think that's the way to go. Like everyone would like to wear sweatpants and a big, you know, oversized hoodie, but I think we kind of owe it to ourselves to look our best and owe it to the club. So, you know, if the club doesn't have super nice stuff, then maybe you try to find a way to kind of outfit yourself, you know, um, comfortable shoes. In fact, our director sometimes even wears Birkenstocks, you know, to coach him. But he's like is... Imelda Marcos, man. That guy travels with like 20 <laughs> pairs of shoes. I mean, that's right. But, you know, he travels in comfort and <laughs> travels right. in comfort. And, uh, you know, the comfortable shoes uh, is, is key, right? If you're if you get sore and you're going to be standing all day, if you get sore, you're up, you're down, you get so grumpy. Right. And so we we need to manage our emotions. One of the things one of the best ways to do that is to manage your body and make sure your body's feeling good. I like, you know, anything really comfortable. I'm an Adidas guy most of the time. But, you know, what what do you like to wear to uh, I have some Asics that I like, so Asics, those are what I'm Asics wearing super now. Comfortable. So uh, yeah, New Balance is yeah. really comfortable. You're yep. walking a lot, you know. I would not wear like, I don't know, basketball shoes. Some people wear, but it's I don't know. Just wear comfortable stuff that's going to make you feel good. Um, clothes that you don't mind sweating in, and clothes that you can layer up in when it's cold, because surprisingly i mean it's hot during the summer but in the gyms it actually gets really cold yeah, those early sometimes. mornings yeah. some of the evenings you're in there and it just, just there's not enough people yep. it just gets super cold so can you put on some layers um my go-to right now is viore i'm actually wearing them right now and they're they're a little bit pricey but they are so worth it. Yeah, you're a highlighter. That's yours. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah that's I learned it. it from Saeed. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. but uh, but for real, they have a coach discount. By the way, if you want to go, if you want to go in there and show them that you're a coach, they'll give you a discount. I don't know the percentage; it kind of varies, but uh, up to like forty percent off, which is crazy. Um, super comfortable, super long lasting, and so those are good. Those are uh, good pants. I would recommend those. Um, your camera or phone. Um, we use Huddle and we have a parent video, but I know there's a bunch of different configurations. What configuration do you like when you don't have Huddle? Yeah, I'm 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 so into Huddle now that I just I just use it. But uh, you know, we we put our stuff you know with a with an iPad and film it and okay. send it to Huddle. And if we don't, we still have it there. You know, it's right. uh, so I can still play around with it and and I have it on the on the iPad before I send it. So, I mean, I've just gotten so comfortable with that. Yeah. So. And and it's awesome. So, I mean, I would definitely, definitely recommend huddle. The, the configuration I like if I don't have huddle is literally just on my phone. I just like to have it on my phone and then I can send it to huddle whenever I want. So I'll have a parent set up my phone. I don't need my phone during the games. Obviously the only time it gets tricky is if you're trying to scout, you right. know, and get, uh, you know, scouting is tricky either way because you need someone that's going to be willing to not be at your game right. a lot of times, which is difficult. And that's why I've pretty much given up scouting unless we're in the Sweet 16, yep. something like that. Um, oh, tripod. You can get a tripod for $25 on Amazon Basics. Um, are you a ball cart or ball bag guy, Todd? Uh, I'm a ball bag guy for tournaments. Same. I just, I don't like this, you know, I, I think the cart's nice, but I just, I can balance my with the bag. Same, same. And I don't, I don't like carrying stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, Ocean's always the ball cart guy and I, I just can't get it. Noise canceling headphones. This is something I don't think many people thought of, but if you can get a break from the noise, I see coaches walking around with earplugs in. Yep. It is really, really loud in there. So if you can get some noise canceling headphones, um, I just use the Xbox ones, but there's the Apple ones which work great. Um, I don't really like the in-ear ones because I don't think they muffle the sound as much, but, you know, to each his own. But I would say getting a little break from the noise can be really, really restful. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, 
a notebook, right? I write notes in there all the time. In fact, what I write during the matches right now is good plays and what point they happened at. So I can refer back to them at the end of the match, um, especially at the end of the season when you're so focused on winning, doing some little notes about good things they did can be really empowering to the kids. Right, and it's that you remember those little things in specific times that you're writing them down. Yeah. It's great. It's super fun. They love yeah. it. I would say with your notebook, get a hardback so you can write on it. Um, make it have lines so that you can uh, be a little bit organized and uh, medium size is good, I guess. And then, um, you know, obviously you need your easy access to your wallet because you can be in and out of the convention center. I think a first aid kit, a little first aid kit from Red Cross, some snacks and your big water bottle and all the patience that you have to be a great coach. Um, those are some things you can bring with you. Anything else you'd like to add to that? It's a pretty good list, pretty complete list. I was thinking of a couple that you hit at the end and you surprised me because you threw in those that I had. Uh, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, do you have something there to take you kind of away from coaching for a while? Good point. And maybe it might be, hey, you have a movie or you got a book or you got something just yeah. kind of clear your mind a little bit. Uh, uh, you know, do you have, uh, you know, like extra tripod, if you can get somebody to scout sometimes having that extra tripod. So somebody's on your game, but then you can send somebody over to another game. Maybe it's a parent who used to be with you, who sees right. you and they're with another team or something. Or sometimes, you know, what I would do is I would just take an assistant coach and say, hey, go just put the camera on that game. You don't need right. to need to be with it. Yeah. And sometimes we would have, uh, you know, people hijack your camera. Oh, I know. So. <laughs> Turn your camera towards the wall or whatever. Right. Yeah. And that that happens, but right. still, a lot of times it doesn't happen and you don't need somebody there. And it's just, hey, it just be, or you ask, you're just polite and you ask somebody, hey, can you, um, it, hopefully it's the other, the other team is there. That you're, you know. <laughs> it's right. right on. So that's the scenario. I mean, pretty cool. I like it. So for the videos, we're going to have the video linked in the show notes yep. for Kamikaze. So anything else you want to add to that about the videos? Nothing on the videos. Nothing. That probably brings uh, the resource back to you. Resource back to me. So I have a really cool resource that I just found out about. And it's called I Love When You Watch Me Play. Okay. And it's a resource for parents. And it's an online resource. It's a .com. And basically, it's got all these really cool articles for parents. Stuff like, uh, let me see here. We got stuff like concussions in youth sports, what parents need to know. Oh, I love this one. The conversation after the game, right? Um, the, if my, is my child playing the wrong sport? Three questions to consider, right? All of these really great resources that I feel like a coach could maybe cherry pick and give right to a parent in need. It's right, really or even cool. put it in, let's say preseason meeting, put that yeah. in resources to send to parents or, you know, blast out an email to them with, hey, appreciate all your support. This is something that... I've had some parents uh, check out and I've got some good feedback. Check it out and let me know what you think or yep. something. So absolutely, uh, it's cool. I love it. Yeah, you know, because, cool. you know, there's nothing, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're very good at uh, complaining about parents. And but can <laughs> we, we really do, do a, can yes. we really do a better job of helping them, you know, be great sports parents? We've been around this a long time and some of the parents haven't. That's a great point. And I, I think you're absolutely right. Can we complain? We can complain, but only if we're doing something about it. Right. So I love it. Well, what a great episode, Todd. Davis, really cool. Number 60. Number 60. We've book. done it's it. It's been great. Yeah, absolutely. It's been great.
So feel free Good to stuff. check us out on our social media at uh, aoc.thevolleypod on Instagram and the volleypod on Twitter. And uh, thanks a lot, Ty. Good stuff, Davis. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.